Welcome to Every Horror Movie on Netflix, the show where we watch, review, and discuss every horror movie on Netflix. I'm Chris, as always, here with Steven. Hey. And our friend Patrick is not here this week. He's on vacation. Where is he? He didn't even tell me. He is living the Will Smith experience this week what does that mean it means he's on will smith living i am miami well before we get to that let's uh let's introduce our our replacement guest very special guest new guest uh christine hi christine hi hi christine and i have been friends since high school wow a long time ago It, it was a long time ago we don't have to talk about it but um I thought she'd be a great guest. Well, she's actually married to one of our other guests. Should we talk? Should we talk about that? I don't think so. I don't think we. I don't think we should talk about that either. I think. I think process of elimination. That's not why she's here, though. <laughs> I think process of elimination. You might be able to figure out who who that might be. But um, I I thought you'd make a great guest because you are a writer. I am. And a fiction writer. Yes. And you primarily deal in uh, young adult fiction, right? Young adult fantasy with strong romantic arcs, actually. Strong romantic arcs. How how strong? How how strong can it get for YA? What's the cutoff? It's getting do, real iffy when do out we, there when, nowadays. When, when do we cut away? Like, at what moment during well, the encounter? Now, now, you know, officially, there, there's something called unofficially officially there's something called new adult um when that encompasses kind of um, protagonists age 18 through maybe 24 25 and that weird period of life where you're not in high school anymore you're not dealing with high school drama but you're not quite you're still dumb as fuck yeah (laughs) you're You're not not, you're not a girl not yet a woman that's right that's right (laughs) um and things get really hairy in there in terms of content with romance but a lot of Young adult fiction ranges from 13, ages 13, like think of a 13-year-old girl and all, you know, like, oh, soccer tryouts and, oh, that boy likes me and he gave me a note to, you know, almost gearing on high fantasy with multiple male love interests. Huh. Multiple so... <laughs> male love interests. All right. I need to start yes. reading YA, apparently. Yes. Uh, Sarah J. Moss is an author that's pretty um, controversial in the YA world. Um, she writes fantasy. She actually, one of her series is um, a Beauty and the Beast retelling, and it's got some really questionable sex scenes in there. And when I say sex mm. scenes, I mean like sex scenes. Bestiality. <laughs> no moss, no moss. <laughs> no moss, no moss, no moss. You know, that's kind of a tangent, but... Um, yeah, strong romantic arcs in, in what I write. Hmm. So. so let's talk about horror. You're on a horror show. Yeah. Um, I, know I hope you... that's not news to you. <laughs> <laughs> I know Ooh. you have some experience with horror because you and I saw Insidious in the theater. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. That was yes. a p- pivotal, it... <laughs> seminal film for Chris. Yeah. Uh, our relationship really took off from that point. Yeah. And, it got um, strong. It did. That was, I mean, that was great. I don't know if I ever would have even seen Insidious if, if not for our random trip. Really? So you're responsible for like the Chris that I know and love. Yes. In in a pretty big way. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes, I Um, guess I am. But beyond that, do you consider yourself a horror fan? I like horror. It's not my favorite genre, but I do like the occasional really good movie. Um, one of my favorite horror movies is The Orphanage. Mm, yeah. You guys have ever heard of that? That's a great one. Not going to pronounce it in Spanish because I believe it's a Spanish Spanish. I think movie? so, yeah. 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 Um, I Del cannot... Toro produced it, right? I yeah. I think so. I can't watch it anymore because I have two little boys. Mm-hmm. Um, That'll do it. But it is my absolute favorite horror movie. So I highly recommend if you do have little children, mm, just... Maybe don't watch it <laughs> or watch it. Watch it and try not to think about your kids. I'm glad you mentioned <laughs> that. I've, I've been uh, my I, I so we have this spoop group where we watch horror movies. Not Chris because he's unwilling to come. Mm. Yeah. Um, but I, I wanted to come up 
I wanted to start doing a theme for it, and the last one I came up with was Children in Peril. Oh. But I, because it was like, it's my, terrible. my thought is like, it was like February, but it was at the end of the month, it was like post Valentine's Day, and everybody's happy and married and has kids now already all of a sudden, <laughs> and so let's watch movies where kids are, are not treated well or, or put in precarious situations. I would not have thought of the orphanage, but I think yeah. if I finally do this, I might, I might dig Definitely that one. And as a uh, Roger Ebert fans, we, we like to, to talk about the, the <laughs> concept of children in peril. Yeah. He can't handle that. Yeah. Um, but some of your writing has been featured in horror anthologies, Christine. Yeah. Right? So way back in the day, and I don't even remember the year, but it's a long time ago. The very first thing I had published was um, a short story in a zombie anthology. And then after that, I had a couple flash fiction stories in another zombie anthology. So I guess I did technically dabble in the horror genre for a very short amount of time. But um, yeah, I remember there was a yeah. period where it seemed like all you were doing was writing zombie pieces. Yes. Yeah. Um, I've grown out of that phase, <laughs> but it was a fine phase to be in, and I did. Um, I do technically have some stuff out there not on Amazon. So yeah. So if our I'm listeners are check into, it out myself. if our listeners Put are in into the, show notes. the zombie genre, yeah, check check out the description on our episode here. Uh, Book of the Dead Five, Back to the Grave, and then Emails of the Dead, a zombie yeah. anthology. That's the good shit. That's what you need to buy to support our friend. You probably don't get residuals don't get off of that, though. Goddamn thing. She doesn't get a goddamn thing. <laughs> she just got a, a flat fee, and that's it, right? That's it. That's all I got. And it was not very big at all. But that's fine because that was the first thing I had published, and it just uh, felt good to stroke my ego a little bit. Well, oh, so program note before we get into it, I have to announce that I adopted two cats uh, recently. Oh, they're darling. And I'm thinking of that because we're recording in my apartment and I can hear them them uh, scurrying around on the floors. And I don't think our listeners will be able to hear it. But, you know, cats are a thing now in in, uh, Amon Studio South. And um, I love them. I, I adopted them largely because their names are Mulder and Scully. Oh, wait. So you didn't, didn't name them. I no. thought you named them. No. Because oh. I, I thought like, that's like if Chris is going to get two cats, he's going to name them Mulder and Scully. <laughs> no. perfect. So, I mean, that's the thing. The old school way wow. of adopting cats is you go to the shelter, you walk up and down, you wait for one of the cats to grab you, and then you say, <laughs> I'm taking this one home. That's how you know it's, it's, it's right for you. In this case, I saw them post a Facebook ad saying, hey, we have a bonded pair of cats. Please adopt them. Their names are Mulder and Scully. They're out of this world. And I said, that must be a sign that I'm supposed to adopt these cats. That's a sign, for sure. That's a much more beautiful story that. than I realized. It yeah. is. I might rename Mulder still. I don't know. Why? I, don't, I feel it's like it's too on the nose for me to have cats named Mulder and Scully. No. So. No, it's perfect. For fucking perfect. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. What's wrong with you? Do you just feel like he doesn't and, live and up what, to Fox Mulder? What if it changes my relationship with the show? What if I'm watching the show and I see Mulder and Scully? I'm like, oh, those are like my cats. I don't know. Lots to what think about. What the fuck about. is wrong with you? Inter- <laughs> that's, that, that is interesting because, you know, my cat is obviously, as our listeners know at this point, named after a director. Yeah. And it makes me feel like kinder toward his bad most of his films are pretty bad, but it makes me feel kinder toward his like worse movies because I think of my my cat with the same name, and it's like, oh, you failed, but you're so lovable. <laughs> but he's not on screen, right? You don't have to hear, and and there's gonna be characters yelling Mulder Scully, Mulder Scully on the TV. It's gonna confuse the hell out of my cats. I... <laughs> <laughs> don't let's see. Let's watch some X Files after the show. <laughs> well, you know, it's fine. All right, so the movie we watched this week, I picked. Uh, it's called Polaroid. That's you what we're going to be discussing. This is a good point, actually, to ask why you picked it. Um, mm. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. But, but to segue from the cats, this may be the first movie that my cats have ever seen. Because I, mm. I turned on the movie and they both like stared at the TV in a way that cats usually don't stare at the TV. Mm-hmm. And I realized they've been living in a shelter pretty much their whole life. There's no TV. Never seen a horror movie before. They've never either. seen a movie before. They've never seen a TV, and I, I'm not someone who has the TV on very often in my in my house. So I think this movie may be the first movie my cats ever saw. Wow. I, I would say they might be a little too young to watch a horror movie, but not this horror movie. <laughs> Only six months. <laughs> Only six months. The reason I picked this movie, I don't know. I mean, it has a good title. 
Polaroid. Uh, it seemed like an interesting Invasive, concept. Yeah. It reminded me of, say, um, well, we talked about, well, you'll appreciate this uh, library person that you are, Christine. I am a library person. Um, a lot of our, our <laughs> guests and hosts have been <laughs> library true. people over mm-hmm. the years. Um, it reminded me of uh, Goosebumps, Say Cheese and Die. <laughs> but based on the yes. synopsis and i don't know i was just like okay this is interesting i think it was relatively new to netflix uh when i pick it picked yep. it and i just wanted to see now here's what i'm confused about there's a scene in this movie that i had seen in a trailer and i don't know if i when i saw it if i saw it like if this was marketed to be a th- theatrical release or if i just saw it on like a netflix commercial or what but i did see this film advertised because then there was a part in the movie where i'm like oh actually i've seen this before i have a weird memory of that too something similar and um this movie did not come out in theaters in the u.s it was so the director um he made the child's play remake yeah. he made this before that before that he made the short film polaroid which i have not seen and then this just kept getting, I don't know what studio owned it, but it kept getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. After it was finished. After it was finished. And then it came out, I think, in the UK and Italy. Hmm. You know what? I have a theory then. And then it just like unceremoniously dropped on Netflix. I think this was made in 2017, maybe. Oh, really? Okay. Well, here's my theory then. Because this movie is extremely similar to a movie that I did see in 2017 called Wish Upon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you see that, Stephen? I didn't see it, but it seems like it's got a very similar vibe. Extremely similar vibe. Was um, that a bomb? I don't know. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm wondering if like that came out and they were like, well, that failed. Uh, so... it, it made $23 million on a $12 million budget. Oh, that's a hit. Mm. So, um, But I saw it at the Red Box. Um, and yeah, and, and I mean, honestly, Wish Upon is so similar to this movie but probably better. So I might say, if you're interested in seeing Polaroid, just watch Wish Upon. Wish Upon. Except Wish Upon is not on Netflix, so you would have to actually go out of your way and probably spend money to see it. And in that case, watch Polaroid. (laughs) (laughs) Because the difference between the two is not night and day. It's so similar. Very similar. I, and I didn't look it up prior to this, but uh, when when I watched Polaroid, I thought it had a higher production value and it seemed like something that could have easily come out in theaters. Like, it looked very familiar to me. I couldn't pinpoint any scenes that I had maybe seen before, seen in a trailer, but it just seemed very, like, stylistically, like, something that, you know, recent past. It looks good. Kind of thing. It looks yeah. great. The production values are good. The cinematography is good. It it, uh, it was shot in Nova Scotia mm. and it has a nice it's wintry and yeah. it, it feels very well, good i mean i've got some <laughs> there's some pretty fake snow in it at times oh, but... is there? well and there's a scene about a yard sale and i'm like oh yeah nobody's having a fucking yard sale this cold like when it's this cold out it's like cold and dreary oh she's yeah. like riding a bike in this movie too but if it's cold and dreary all the time you know is there ever a good time for a yard yeah, sale? yeah it's nova scotia. nova scotia but it doesn't take place know. in the u.s <laughs> I think it does take place. We need in the to US. research the yard sale habits of Nova, Nova Scotians. Nova Scotians. Nova Scotians. Sure. Well, they have wharf sales in Nova Scotia. <laughs> 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 um, but there's no there's for for as high production values as it is though, it doesn't have any name actors, with the exception of Mitch Pileggi, one of my favorites, better known as Walter Skinner on the X Files. Yeah, <laughs> who shows up as the town sheriff. But I didn't even realize that was him yeah. while I was watching it. But yeah, it kind of kind of conspicuously because Wish Upon had like Ryan Philippe in it. It had some. Is it Philippe or Felipe? Philippe. 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 Didn't know Ryan that. Philippe. Huh? Didn't know that. He's really short in real life. By the way, I saw him in real life. I touched him actually. When did when did you, you do that? Him? Did, <laughs> did he consent to this? Um, Why'd you touch him? He he's like a WWE fan. Oh, so you saw him at. He's a, very short. Uh-huh. Like. I know wrestlers are generally really tall and big anyway, but he's he's very short. I, I met Hayden Christensen in my uncle's backyard once, and really? he was also very, very... So I think of them as similar, because they had like the similar curly yeah. hair thing going yes. on. He's like Danny DeVito size. What he's was tiny. He, what was he doing in your backyard? He was shooting the movie Looper. Oh, hell yeah. What? Yeah. That's crazy. Just hanging out in the yard? He was pouring um, a yingling. He was killing so they, yinglings. They were, they, were shoot- <laughs> they were shooting on... And I met director Doug 
Lyman or Lehman, however you pronounce it. He's a fucking asshole, and he tried to squash my dreams. Um, <laughs> I'll never, jumper, never not Looper. Oh, Jumper. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, Looper. Yeah. Looper's a good movie. Yeah, I knew what you were saying, but I put Jumper. Yeah. Fucking Jumper yeah. with Samuel Jackson. Yeah, anyway, and if, so they were shooting on... Uh, they, my uncle lives in the house he grew up in, which is on the very tip of Stony Point Peninsula, the very last house. And it was like a really bad winter, and the ice was... Um, like creating like mountains, it was like crashing into oh, itself. Oh, is this like the scene where and they, they were trying to, to shoot like... in like Antarctica yeah, or something? Right. Wow. And Hayden Christensen, I I just like walked walked right by him, and he was pouring. He had like a like a milk jug of like oil that he was pouring all over himself so that he would look wet without actually being like oh soaking. I wish wet. I knew you. She could have called me and had me come over <laughs> ASAP. I didn't interact with him at hey. all. I was just like, why is he rubbing his, his, body, his with clothed oil. body with oh, oil? Oh, it was clothed. It was mind. clothed. Yeah, he was wearing like a trench coat or something. And he's just like <laughs> lathering himself up. Um, that was my, my brush with fame. Oh. Another short person from Hollywood. What the fuck were we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we talk about the production values of Polaroid, but I don't know. I don't know if there's much else to say about that. So so here's here's basically your premise. Um, it actually surprisingly was not as much Say Cheese and Die as I thought it might be. I actually meant to reread Say Cheese and Die for this episode, but I didn't. Doesn't matter. Goosebumps is not relevant in 2020 anymore. Do people still check out Goosebumps? They do. They do. But you know what they're really into now? Oh, Jonathan Rand, yeah. who is a local Michigan yep. author. Michigan Chillers. Michigan Chillers. Yeah. I mean, and I don't know. I guess maybe that's just a Michigan thing. But I mean, I work at a Michigan are those, library. Those books are only released in Michigan as Michigan Chillers? Because here's, I don't know. Here's my concern. Do other states have their own brand of chillers? I don't that's know if question. it was Jonathan Rand or there's another one who does the same yeah. shtick. I read one of those. Not that I survived. No. Okay. But I read one of those books. It was like Dinosaurs in Detroit was the name of it. <laughs> so I guess I could look it up and see what, what it yeah. was. <laughs> but it, the same kind of thing, right? But yeah. I, I looked through this book and it seemed like they just did like a mail merge to uh, replace uh. the name of the city <laughs> and like a few token street names and stuff. Like wow. like when you talk about dinosaurs in, De- in Detroit, I'm familiar with the geography of Detroit. I want to see <laughs> action up and down Woodward. Um <laughs> I want to see dinosaurs on the queue line. Yes, dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, the, the Quetzal, Quetzalcoatl. No, Quetzalcoatl. Cuddling serpent. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so, but it was, instead it was like, oh yeah, he was in the park in his Detroit Lion sweatshirt, <laughs> and uh, you know they saw a dinosaur or something. I like read it was, this book. All the geography, all the situations were very generic, and I was like, yeah. did they just release this everywhere? Well, they might. They might. Anyway, I don't know. So I know there that. might be a there might be a lane for a horror author like myself yes. to make spooky stories that take place in Michigan, and you can you know it's like Cat Person. You you can go to Ann Arbor and read Cat Person, <laughs> and you know where everything That's was. Two days in a row that Cat Person has come <laughs> up in conversation. What the fuck? What the fuck is Cat Person? It was a New Yorker uh, fiction piece about bad online dating, and I don't think it said that it took place in Ann Arbor, but the author it did was not. Funny. You could tell. I read this. I was like, I know this is the eight ball. The, the like, author, this is definitely the eight ball. But the author was from Ann Arbor and used like not at all veiled, very specific gotcha. references to businesses in Ann Arbor. Right. And somehow scored a seven-figure book deal wow. from that short story. It was a great article. And I read another one for pieces, and it was pretty I good it was too. Terrible. Well, this isn't every 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 New Yorker <laughs> story <laughs> this in isn't the New Yorker. Every piece of prose in the New Yorker. That would be a fascinating <laughs> podcast, though. Um, but yeah, Polaroid. So basically, it's it's the story you've you've all heard before. A uh, young girl, fi- high school girl, finds an antique Polaroid camera. Unfortunately, it's haunted, and every time she takes a picture of somebody, a ghost appears in the background of the photo, and then the person meets a horrible death. They set that premise up real quick, and then basically our hero accidentally, semi-intentionally, takes a picture of literally all her friends, including herself. (laughs) And so the clock is ticking for them to solve the mystery and, and figure out what's going on before they all die. 
That's it. It's pretty <laughs> simple. End. I mean, there's some <laughs> twists and turns toward the end, uh, which we're obviously not going to get into until the spoiler room. Yeah. But for the most part, it's a pretty by the numbers, like teenage urban legend sort of yeah. thing. But I'm Cookie just cutter. like, I don't know. <sighs> this movie didn't get released like theatrically. I have to wonder if part of it is that like, do kids even know what Polaroid cameras are? Like, there's something where, like, uh, this movie seemed conflicted about the kitschiness of the cursed object at the center of it. Because there is a joke at one point that I actually did appreciate, even though it was delivered terribly, which is that Bird, our main character's name is Bird, must shop at Urban Outfitters because she has a Polaroid. So there's at least, like, a little bit of a wink in there. Hipstery. Um, all right, so there's, there's several... That, that, that brings up several topics. The first one I'll talk about is... It seemed like this whole movie was written by like fifty-year-old dudes. Mm-hmm. None of well, it. Well, yeah, Christine, someone who <laughs> writes young author, young adult literature. Yeah, especially especially the beginning, which I don't know if that's saved for the. Yeah, oh, do girls no, really? Uh, okay, girl. Okay, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of questions about this scene. <laughs> okay, the very beginning get, like, scene. Male, male gaze in the first thirty seconds. Yeah, um, yes, I'm talking about how her friend is like basically has talked her into taking this like lingerie picture with this random camera that she had, this old old Polaroid. Yeah, and how how awkward it was for me to sit there and watch it because it seemed so. That's not how things actually go. Mm-hmm. Um. And when she's getting the picture, when her friend's taking a picture of her, she just looks so awkward and like, like, I don't really want to be doing this, but I'm doing it. And my friend's taking this picture with this old ass Polaroid and this whole fucking scene is weird. And it's gross. And it looks like they're in gross. like a, they're in like the girl's house, but it looks like a seedy motel it in that does. room. There's like the cameras tilted and there's like really gross, like yellowy yeah. wallpaper behind her. And she's her. got this look on her face. It just looks she just looks empty on the inside (laughs) like it doesn't look she's finally decided that she's excited and she's gonna like take this like slutty picture of herself to like give to the guy like yes she's not excited about it at all why did she agree to do it the whole thing was just gross that's like the perfect word for all the dialogue and all the situations in this movie seemed like a first draft to me it seemed Mm. like some middle-aged men were trying to write scenarios and dialogue for high school characters contemporary high school characters but were just so far removed from that demographic that they could just say something about urban outfitters or oh photo bomb and and, and like whatever whatever the fucking there's a joke about how bay means poop and danish or something teens do not talk like that well that was was the point because it was supposed to show that bird is is out of touch too she's weird she like knows things (laughs) she pays attention in school and she wears a scarf and for some reason they have a huge problem with that i don't understand none of it felt genuine You know what, though? Shout out to, if you remember in high school, Chris, yeah. um, the girl who wore the cat ears. Oh, yeah. Cat ears girl. Yeah. And then I, so Is originally, that what listen, you her? listen, so originally oh while God. I was watching this movie, I'm like, fucking scarf girl. This is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Nobody would just call somebody scarf girl because she wears a scarf. Well, yeah, they would. <laughs> and then I'm like, I, it's been done. I did shit. it. We did it. We did it. We did it. We called her cat ear girl because she just wore cat ears. Every single day. There was also Jean Skirt Girl. Don't know if she's a Mennonite or not. But she uh, wore a jean yeah. skirt every day. Yeah. A long jean skirt with buttons down the front. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So I did write down a note in this. And I'm I'm glad you, you told me that little story. Because I guess, like, kids really are that mean and stupid that they <laughs> that they'll single someone out but not make the effort to come up with a clever nickname. Yeah. Because there's... The, um, there's the term camera girl is also used in this too. There's scarf girl and there's camera oh, yeah. girl. Yeah. And, I mean, teens and are I just really wrote stupid. down like this school, like they must not be teaching these kids to think outside the box. <laughs> like, they didn't really teach us at our school either, to be fair. Well, look, let's 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 get down to the nitty gritty here because really, what we're talking about is just around the edges of the central problem uh, I had with this movie is that there's all sorts of ideas introduced that could have been interesting. And they amount to nothing. Are you saying... I think I see where you're going with this, Chris. Are you saying this movie is a tad underdeveloped? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, yeah. And so, like, that's that's a good point. Like, like, all right, so we have our main character, Bird, and she's a bit of a misfit. 
Why is she a misfit? We don't really know. We know she wears a scarf to hide a, a big scar on her neck, which she got in an accident. And people make fun of her for the scarf. And so it's like, okay, this God, is what interesting. what would they say about the scar? I can't even imagine. <laughs> scar girl. They would just drop the F and call her scar girl. Yeah. Um, and so you're like, okay, so how is this going to relate to the story? Yeah. Why is this yeah. important? She's a loner. What is she going to learn in this movie? <laughs> you know, you're and, asking and, all her own questions. <laughs> right. She's a loner because she's the kind of quirky girl that would actually use, be fascinated by, and use this Polaroid right, camera. Polaroid. That's it. Right. And uh, then there's also like, like with the lingerie shoe, there's things going on about how people relate to photography that I thought was interesting, but this movie's not at all concerned. It's too super. This movie is too superficial for any kind of meaning for I was hoping it would go there, but like it's all it is like the photography angle is all over the movie. Like there are long sequences where like all the lights are flashing like flash bulbs for yeah. like the entire scene, but it doesn't have anything to no. say. And we have a hero who is into photography and i thought it was funny it reminded me of whiplash almost how much this girl is into photography because she gets this camera she's like that's a cx65 that's what ansel adams used and, <laughs> and blah, i don't blah, blah. it's an S- <laughs> sx70 and i don't think i mean i could be totally ignorant but i don't think ansel adams was shooting on a polaroid camera that see know. that does not seem right to me <laughs> Um, but it's like okay, so but, here's someone who's like, oh yeah, who better now. who better yeah. to have a haunted Polaroid camera than someone who is fascinated with photography and absolutely in love with this camera? It doesn't amount to anything. It doesn't yeah. matter. It, after she takes the fucking photo, yeah, it could have been anybody taking these right. photos. And and so this is the biggest disappointment of the whole movie for me is because I think there was a good movie in here. Maybe they actually wrote a good movie, but then they turned in the first draft instead of the fourth draft <laughs> on accident. <laughs> um, I doubt it. I mean, I feel like a lot of these teen, like this does feel very much like a, like a Blumhouse movie, just like, like a dumb teen premise that was basically already a Goosebumps book and it's being updated for modern times. Watch any episode of a, of a sitcom even, and you'll still see an arc where like someone's learned something by the end of the show. That's the whole point of a story is your, your protagonist generally is generally your main character goes through this evolution you know they start out thinking the world is this way and then some that inciting incident hits and changes the way that they have to look at the world yeah. and they have to fight through that and they have an evolution within themselves and we just don't get we don't that. have that and it's so frustrating because we have a character who very clearly has problems that she needs to overcome which are shown to us in the first 20 minutes of this movie <laughs> and it she's... goes nowhere with that and like there's all this like stuff about her her family too that's hinted at and like yeah. doesn't really matter she was her her dad was killed in a car accident yeah. it doesn't matter no. there's no her dad was a like her dad was also a journalist they made a point of mentioning that i was yes. like oh i wonder if like that's gonna factor into some choices she might make during this film i thought it would pop up later too yeah. and especially when we're dealing with a movie that's essentially a mystery you right. know so all these facts that were given you think are going to become relevant to the mystery. You know, what's what's the context of this accident? What's the context of her family? Yeah. You know, what, how did she get these scars? <laughs> A lot know? of smoking guns. Lots of guns that just aren't guns anything. That aren't smoking, yeah. But the thematic guns piss me off even more, I think, because I was like, yeah, this is, you know, in early on in the movie, you see a lot of kids taking photos for social reasons yeah. and and you also see our character our main character who is completely cut off from society practically seeing everything through the lens of her camera yeah and you see her actually connecting to human moments like she focuses on the boys in the parking lot and then she's focusing on a dad playing with her his daughter mm-hmm. which i guess ties into her missing relationship right. with her father yeah but she's seeing these human moments through the viewfinder of her camera i'm like okay this is important it's not mm-hmm. important, yeah. important at all. no fuck that <laughs> so that's all, all very disappointing to me so that's that's those are my negative criticisms in the movie. Other than that, I thought it was a fun romp. A romp. <laughs> a romp. Man, I found this thing to be so so slow and sleepy. I mean, one it's like pretty I mean, there is blood in one scene, but even the way it's shot, like it almost looks more like a lighting effect than actual blood. Like this is pretty like 
This is PG thirteen. Yeah. This is like like the deaths the death sequences are just protracted jump scares. Every single one of them is somebody wanders for ten minutes. You know they're gonna die, and then a hand reaches out and we cut to black. Yeah. So like it, it's just it's like pretty toothless. It takes a long time beating around the bush when like we know, we are pretty certain in most sequences what is actually going to happen. Yeah, and it felt like kind of like the the first chapter of the It remake. It felt just kind of like a series of of like haunted house scenes. Like I was just being led through. Well, yeah, this is one of those. This um, is my uh, one of my biggest pet peeves watching all these damn Netflix horror movies. And I've complained about it multiple times before the scenes that bad movies have where there's a character walking around in the dark and there's no conflict. There's no real reason to be scared. Mm-hmm. There's nothing anyone's <laughs> running from, but they just have to walk slowly through the dark until there's a jump scare. I hate it. I hate it. I absolutely hate it, and like I, I, there's just there's nothing to connect to, and in this movie, like at least if it had set up that like the kills, and I'm not a gore hound or anything like that, but if at least if it had set up that like oh, but when she finally dies, it's gonna be fucking wild because remember what happened to the last guy? Yeah. There's not even like nothing. that level of suspense for me to get invested. Let in me here. contrast it with a, a great movie in the same vein, Wish Upon. Which is not a great movie, but um, <laughs> the reason Wish Upon got released theatrically and this one didn't is because of choices like this, where they did things much better. So in Wish Upon, she has a music box. I forget the premise, but basically she's cursing people accidentally, much like in Polaroid. And there's a woman that we know is cursed and probably going to die. Or, or, or I think I think somebody dies. Somebody dies. You don't know who it's going to be, but it's going to be someone you know. Mm-hmm. So this woman we suspect is about to die and there's a long scene where she drops I think her wedding ring or something in the garbage disposal. <laughs> <laughs> Biggest <And> fear. <laughs> a long like 3 4 5 minute scene where she's like putting her hand in the garbage disposal. <laughs> her hair is going in the garbage disposal. <laughs> she's like she's trying to fish this fucking thing out. And I think she gets out. I don't think it even kills her. But Good. like, or maybe it does. <laughs> maybe it ultimately does. But like, it gives you something where you're like there, you're present in the moment. Yeah. And you're like, oh no, There's no, tension. no, the whole Obviously. time. <laughs> You've described the scene before. And now that I'm here for the second time, like, I understand why that's like innately like stressful to Cringy. watch. But like, garbage disposals don't go off unless you flip the switch. Unless they're or haunted. Not <laughs> <laughs> all of us live in non-haunted houses. <laughs> well, I, mine is fairly non-haunted. Actually, fun quick story. I actually dropped a... I was doing the dishes, and I had a bunch of whiskey stones in my sink. And one of them got into the garbage mm. disposal, which is, like, horrible because mm. it's a fucking stone. Right. Like, you can't all right. use... I got it out. Oh, yeah? No, I got see, it out with players. No, no, no. I don't fucking put my hand in the garbage disposal. I call Gregory. <laughs> he <laughs> like, can put hey, his hand hey, in there. There's something stuck in this thing. Get it out. I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't mess with that. Just in case we have ghosts. And yeah. then they show themselves, you know, when my hand's in the garbage disposal. Because that would be the moment you That's find right, out. That's right. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Okay. That's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I think you need something where there's a problem to be solved maybe you know or or you have at least clear rules on how people are gonna die well and yeah. these characters are just so empty too that like i wasn't invested in in any of them yeah. to begin with the, and and even when we start to learn more because the and the, the ghost that's killing them is so um what's the word i'm looking for i don't know <laughs> there's a lot of ways you could describe yes. this ghost nebulous that's okay. the word I'm looking for. I'm glad you found it. The, the, the ghost is so nebulous that you don't know how to relate to this thing. You don't know how to relate to the threat. Basically, it just kind of scares you until it kills you. And then yeah. that's it. And then even when they start to learn some things, like they're like, oh, actually, you know what? It's sensitive to light. It's sensitive to heat. It's kind of like a photograph. 
they don't really use that information for anything. Like there's a scene where there's a, a character in a jail cell and I'm like, are they just going to kill him? Because this would be the most boring scene ever. Right. Well, yeah, they do just kill him. But I was like, what if there's like a radiator or something in the cell and he's, yeah. he's trying to like, you know, right, he, he comes that. up with a way to escape because you think he's dead to rights. He's locked in the right. fucking cell and the ghost is at the door. Instead what if the, he finds a way to escape? Right. The only thing that stops him in this movie is running water, like hot water. Hot yeah. Water. Yep. That's it. Like we we get this information, which I thought was like, I mean, it's kind of ingenious, but also really deeply stupid. That like the ghost behaves like a photograph. Yeah. Like it's got to be dark. It's got to be. It can't be too warm though. I thought that was an interesting <laughs> idea. He's a particular. Ghost. He's very particular. He he will only Goldilocks he, ghost. He will only be exposed perfectly. <laughs> I had no problem with that. Like with that premise i just thought it was didn't amount to anything it it didn't because that gives you so many opportunities for like interesting ways for characters to like get away from the ghost Mm -hmm. or or injure him well Um, most of the ways that they kept away from the ghost was they played keep away with the pictures so you know yeah because they learned that you know if if you're cursed but you take a picture of steven then steven's cursed in the the yeah right (laughs) It's, it's like the it kill follows. Kill. It's just like it follows. It probably stole the idea from it follows. Um, oh my god! Can we go on a? We don't do a lot of crazy tangents like this on the show, but I wanted to mention this earlier. We did a whole episode on it follows already. We, we did have, episode we have to it talk follows, about it, but we we have not talked about his follow up movie Under, Under the, the Silver <laughs> Lake, which I watched last week when How I was, was sick. It? It's fucking wild it is wild it is almost three hours long it's a combination of inherent vice the big lebowski and i don't even know I just don't even answer know me this else. question yeah well having seen both these movies do you think uh david gordon robert mitchell <laughs> has uh does do you think he has issues with women oh yeah okay. this movie is fucking obsessed with butts yeah, <laughs> obsessive butts. Like it's a running joke. Like, I don't even know if it's a joke. And our our main character, played by Andrew Garfield, is like insatiably horny. I mean, there are sequences. There are so many sequences of just him spying on women, just being themselves, happening to look <sighs> sexy, and him like jerking off to them. It's a yeah. weird, <sighs> weird movie. I don't want to say that it's problematic because I'm not sure yet. Because I feel like. I mean, ultimately, I didn't take anything away from it, but it seems like it's so over the top that he must be trying to make some kind of statement about. about I don't know. I, I suspect that may be who he is. It, it may be, but I will tell you, like, this movie is, like, butt central, if that's what you're into. There are so many close ups. Write that down, guys. Butt central. Uh, but there are some, like, really fucking creepy sequences in it. Um, there's, uh, it's like Southland Tales. It's his Southland Tales, for sure. I don't know what that is either. Yeah, Southland Tales from the director Donnie Darko. He decided to make, like, a meta We know Donnie Darko. Yeah. After that, it was a huge bomb. The no. Rock was in it and no. uh, the- Justin Timberlake. What? It's crazy. It's one of the craziest <laughs> movies I've ever seen. Um, What's it called? Uh, Southland Tales. Do you have to go online and read shit for three hours to understand what the fuck happened, like in Donnie Darko? <laughs> yeah, you do. And there are graphic novels that take place before and during and after. But it's like, first and foremost, it is just like, it's a fun movie just to watch. I mean, it's a wild ride. I don't care what any of it means. Under the Silver Lake, very similar. It's very stylish. There are a couple of scenes in it that are among the creepiest horror sequences I've ever seen. But it's not a horror movie. Hmm. Uh, yeah, anyway, I, I just wanted to mention that I, I took the bullet for all y'all nice. on that one. <laughs> took the bullet. Live bullet. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's turn the page. All right. Um, Polar, I mean, what else, what else is there to say? Um, Without getting too deep into spoilers, not... Not much. Oh, I know. So there's a there's a big party in this movie, and I feel like we have a tradition on, on Amon of, like, kind of rating the teen parties. Oh, this and probably looks great. Seem, this probably looks great. What? 
I like this part. Did well, it look sorry. naturalistic to you? No, it didn't. But I mean, that's always the factor. Cool. I'm it didn't look naturalistic at all. Right. But I, I don't know to what extent these parties that we see in these movies actually exist whatsoever. I've never been invited to one. Have you ever been invited to a party, Christine? That was like the parties you see teens having, like a house party, a house party, like that, the rich, the rich kids, the rich no. kids having a house party. Their parents are out of town, but you, their the, parents are like totally cool. But they're like, please <laughs> throw a party, and they have an in-ground pool in the back, yep. with like a fountain. No. Yep. <laughs> and a DJ. It's usually a DJ. Freddie shows up. <laughs> no, no, nope. No. Yeah, no. So I don't know to what extent that's a real thing. Usually it's like the craziest you get is like eight kids in a basement and two of them are smoking weed. Um, yeah, it's yeah. about as wild as it ever got for me. But, this looked like a pretty all right party, though. Um, but the weird thing about this movie is every house is like uh, something out of Dark Shadows or some shit. Like, you know, every <laughs> single house is like this like creepy Victorian yes, style, the, the dark style and of the dingy house, house sure. right? Every character we see like basically lives in like a, a creepy house with like a big wooden stairway and stuff. Um, <laughs> But I did like how it was like themed like a masquerade and was wearing like spooky shit. I mean, no, it wouldn't happen in Bird, real life. Bird no, gives some realistic. hot takes on Little Red Riding Hood because her friend gives yeah. her the oh, yeah, the red hood yeah. to wear. Yeah, it's like uh, someone who's not smart and not a high schooler is like, well, what would a smart high schooler say? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Like just this we is the kind of script. Catfish by a wolf. All you need to do is like just <laughs> is have some kids read this script or, or somebody and just just punch it up a little bit and it's fine. I guarantee you, you go to any high school and find like two or three kids who could make this a better movie. Yeah, based sure. on what's available there. They should just mumble cord it with the high school kids. Just just let them let just them do let their ad thing. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. Is there much more we can say without getting into the spoiler? I don't know. I'm worried to say anything. I don't want to ruin the spoilers. No, I mean, I guess, yeah, I I can't think of much else to say. That's that's (laughs) that's your movie, basically. That's it. So, um, all right. So, um, I don't know. Um, Steven, we'll give it to you first. (laughs) I'm always happy to go first, and I'm always happy to give a movie like this a screw it. (laughs) (laughs) This is like, I was actually pretty, you could hear at the end of the last episode, I was pretty excited to watch this because I thought, like, I do love, like, a good kind of trashy teen supernatural horror movie, but this one is toothless. It's mostly bloodless. It's pretty by the numbers. Yeah, some, like, kind of, there's some, like, unpredictable twists and turns toward the end but like nothing earth shattering nothing to really like pull me back into the experience definitely seems like it's a film that could have used another draft or two it doesn't really seem to have a grasp of what teenagers are actually like yeah it's a solid solid screw it i don't think you're missing anything if you skip this one christine oh man would you view it cue it or screw it i would say screw it Um, to reiterate, it's really cookie cutter. Mm -hmm. And like you said before, there are some twists in it, but I would argue that the twists are so superficial that, I don't know, depending on how into the genre you are, you might be able to predict them or they're just not, there's, eh, eh. I wouldn't even bother putting it in my queue and say, screw it. Mm. There's better out there. At your hour and a half or hour and 40 minute, whatever it was. Interesting. It felt like 15 minutes longer than it actually was. However I agree. Long it was. Yeah. I'm going to give it a cue. It. Um, this is a this is a quintessential Netflix horror movie. Basically, this is like when we decided to make a podcast called Every Horror Movie on Netflix. <laughs> I was expecting to watch a lot of movies like this. Um, I think most of the movies we watch are probably worse than this. Um, it, I, I will second so th- that. So yeah. that was kind of the un- unpleasant surprise. But this is like you know, yeah, you're going to forget it almost immediately. Yeah. There aren't a lot of redeeming qualities in it. Um, you're going to be bored, maybe. 30 40 minutes of the runtime at least uh, but you know <laughs> it's 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 spooky it's it doesn't completely fail it's not interesting it's the good it's a good movie to put in your queue and you know what you and a couple friends are hanging out you want to watch something that's going to be you know uh stimulating to you, you can talk during the movie and and you know it's fine and you're not want to get you don't want to get too scared i don't even think that i wasn't scared for a minute in uh, this movie yeah, no. me neither. No. <laughs> no. Um, no. Uh, i think allison put it best uh on the last episode this is like this is a solid cure this is a movie where like 
you can you'll probably need multiple screens to get through it oh, <laughs> you yeah. should definitely be like checking your phone maybe making some phone calls I'm pissed that I catch did. up with your mom there were sections of this movie that i actually rewound and and played through again because i realized i'd been distracted by like yeah. a cat and you didn't miss phone. a fucking thing and i did yeah, my nails because i was still hoping this. i clipped my nails <laughs> no joke i was still hoping that there were going to be these um thematic things or something with subtlety in this movie that would reward me for paying attention absolutely not so no watch it with a phone watch it with a friend watch it with two three four five labats watch Watch it on your phone watch Watch it it on your phone watch it on a plane watch it with your cats uh or don't watch it at all it's gonna be the same experience put in the queue in the queue will stay i'm sure this will be on netflix till the end of time because it's got no other prospects. <laughs> <laughs> so cue it. All right. So we're going to go down to the spoiler room. And when we come back, we're going to spoil everything, get into these twists we've been talking about, get into the turns we've been talking about, figure out maybe how this movie could have been saved, if this movie could have been saved. And uh, if you want to watch the movie on your own, go do that right now. Otherwise, stick around and we're going to spoil everything in just a minute. Welcome back to Every Horror Movie on Netflix. We're here in the spoiler room. So what the hell happens in this movie? Well, it's so convoluted, actually, now that I think back on it. There are some twists and there are some turns, but what we are led to believe for a while is that the the ghost is actually, he was a, a child murderer. A child yeah. killer. Child killer. <laughs> a photography teacher. It was his teacher. camera. He took pictures of the, the victims with his camera. Yeah. And... And then he died in a police shootout, as sometimes happens. And... He dramatically died in the dark room. Is that what it's called? The dark room? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And, and just like an, an enormous pit of chemicals. I like would you much don't develop rather... photos and in a tub that large. I would much I rather, think. like, what if he just came back as a supervillain because he was, a, <laughs> he was so evil and he got mixed with dark room chemicals? That would be great. That'd be great. Joker. <laughs> yeah, that's not what happens though. No. Um, um well the the other the other kind of spoiler that is maybe important that we haven't talked about even though it's a fairly large plot point throughout this movie is that not only do the photos predict who's going to die, but they are physically linked to the people in the photos like a voodoo doll. Yes. Yeah, so if you say light it on fire, if you're in that photo, you're you're going Guess up who's in on flames. Fire. Yeah, yep. and that that was actually a great moment in the movie, and one though that where at- were the adults in that moment though? Like, <laughs> yeah, kids like on they were the cafeteria, fire right? In the cafeteria, yeah. they got the fire extinguisher <laughs> out, firing nonstop. Mm-hmm. Why was there no investigation Which, by the adults after I, that? I'm not sure that's no. best. They practice. just go back to the hospital for like the 17th yeah. time in this fucking thing. If your thing. whole arm, it's <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of time spent in the hospital <laughs> and the police station yeah. in this movie, and no no adults give a shit. If your no. whole ass arm catches on fire is the best practice to fire a fire extinguisher at it i'm not sure stop drop and roll stop drop and roll smother the flames get a blanket i don't know no one in this movie knows anything about fire safety but yeah so that's the thing like you know if you if you burn the picture if you burn the polaroid if you uh, stab yeah if you stab you crumple it you do anything it affects the real life people but then the the, when it's over the, the photograph will heal back to how it was so you can do it again and again the so, person won't heal though. Yeah. So the the kids track down the the widow of of the killer, the maniac killer, and she basically corroborates the story, well, but there's a there's a there's a twist yeah. because it turns out that he he was he killed them, you know, uh, justly. Revenge. Yeah. Revenge. Justice. Because yes. they had a daughter who was It was, Nova, di- it was differently n- abled. It was Nova Scotia justice, man. Which I think doesn't she call her slow yeah. in the movie? And I'm like I'm trying to be kind in compassion. Yeah, 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 I know. I'm just saying like what what year was this? She in? was slow and she lived in her own world. Yeah, I think yeah. is what she said. It's yeah. like, God, Jesus. that was your daughter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's, it feels like all this takes place in the 50s or 60s. Um, it had, yeah, just the... Which I guess there. I guess that makes sense um, time wise, but yeah. So so his version of events is that they had a uh, mentally slow daughter who 
was lured out of her home one night by these kids and they took compromising, presumably sexual photos of her. Pictures no mother should ever have to see of her daughter. (laughs) And passed them out at school. And then the girl, the daughter, killed herself. And so dad went batshit and kidnapped and tortured and yep. killed and took Polaroids of all the kids. All but one. All got but away. one. So one then escaped. the mystery is, well, who is well, Actually, this? there is a Polaroid of him, though. I was confused by that. Yes. There's a Polaroid of him, but he was not killed. Oh, because you see that when the cops shot him, there was a guy in the chair. So he was on the scene when, so so he was in the dark room torturing these kids. The cops burst in before he could yeah. kill this the final victim. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, that yeah. checks out. And and of course, the final victim ends up being Mitch Pileggi, the town sheriff. They find this out by going through all the local high school yearbooks at the high school in the middle of the night. <laughs> um, which is fine. They're under a time deadline, I guess. Which, but I don't even think high schools carry that shit. I mean, won't the library be more uh, apt to have Generally, that shit? the library has it. They give them to the library. Yeah. Um, Speak from experience. Interesting. <laughs> Do they keep those in like a secret back room or are they just like out on the shelf for anyone to. Generally, lose? they're the past couple years are on the shelf somewhere, but. Um, They'd be in reference. Well, yeah, in the, in the nonfiction and reference section, um, but some libraries have an archive room. So, you know, however back the far they go, which <clears throat> I think our area is like 50s, 60s, maybe even more. Well, in Monroe, if you go to the oh. archive area, unless you're looking for General Custer, you might be <laughs> out of luck. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so so then Mitch Pileggi confronts them at the school, um, you know, whatever, various, various, various narrative leaps to make sure all these characters are encountering each other in the right places at the right time, yeah. but whatever. Mitch, and that there are photos taken of them. Yes. Mitch Pileggi says, quite convincingly, you know what? That old lady just bullshit you. The actual truth is that... What was the actual truth? That, that Sable, <laughs> the Mr. Sable, whatever the fuck his name was, the teacher, that he actually took the compromising yeah. photos of his daughter. And right. they found out, and they wanted to get revenge on him So he had to quiet him up. So he... Went after him. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, he went after him, and he, and he killed all but one. Yeah. And so this whole game these kids are playing with this little camera is especially upsetting to the, the sheriff because because he knows the real truth. Right. He yes. says something like, check check the date on when she killed herself. Check it was the date. Yeah. That's what yeah. it, it was, it was a, Yeah, it was after the her father died. Yes. Right? I, feel, yeah. I, think, yeah. I feel like Mitch Pileggi was ad-libbing. A lot in this. You and... think he just made up that whole twist on the spot? Like, Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we, we need to do that. something different here. I don't think, I don't <laughs> think, Let's get a little dry. <laughs> I don't think he did that. But but knowing Mitch Balji from the X Files, his character seemed more vivid and more in line with what you see of him on the X Files than I would expect based on how the rest of this movie is written. Like. I don't think this, the writing was strong enough to give him some of the lines and some of the phrasing that he does. I don't know. Like, I like the part where the one friend goes to jail because he's in the lunchroom and he smacks, a uh, like, the liaison officer. Oh, yeah. Or no, he's in the hospital and yeah. he smacks a, a cop. And later on, Mitch Pelagi is like, he hit one of my guys or something. <laughs> the way yeah. like, my guys. Yeah, I'm not just going to let him go. I don't yeah. know. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just giving him too much credit. But, uh, yeah, he does say check the dates. Now, the interesting thing is that we never find out, really, which version of the story is true. And I kind of like that. Yeah, I guess so. I guess we never really... We assume... I know this movie is so shallow that I just took everything at face value. Yeah. I, I, I believe that that was the final truth. Yeah. You're probably right to do that. And I don't know what else they could have done because I don't really need to see another scene where they go back to the library and check the dates. <laughs> but I did think it was kind of cool that that's just kind of brought up and that the kids through the climax of the movie don't really know like what the truth is of the horror they're fighting. And I was like, I wonder, again, I'm, I was trying so hard to pull a theme out of this yeah. movie. Nothing. I was like, maybe that says something about where oh. where our where kids are at these days, no. and and no. not knowing what's true, and hearing conflicting narratives about stuff, and not knowing what to trust or who to trust or what institutions to trust. No. Oh and no! Okay, no. now I remember. Nothing. Where, now I remember where Camera Girl comes from. It was the the daughter of the the killer, or not the 
yeah, I mean, yeah. See, I guess he's the killer either way. Either way the story goes. Yeah. But she was obsessed with the camera. That was like her, her like fixation. Oh, yes. And so she was called Camera Girl at the All same right. high school yeah. where Bird was called Scarf Girl. Yeah. Yeah, because the camera was actually hers. It wasn't, they thought it was yeah. the dad's because of the initials on the camera. But then it turns out to be his daughter's I camera. feel like we're missing part of that twist, the second twist, but I forget. I don't think so. I think that's it. But why are the dad's <laughs> initials on the so camera? Much. They never explain that. What? Explain what? Why the dad's initials are on the camera and not the girls. It is the it is the girls. It is hers. Oh. Yeah. It's she, like, so, is it um, Raymond James Sable or is it Ramona Jane Sable or something it, well, like that? It, well, when the so they grandma have the, they opens have the, same the door, initials. they have the same initials. Oh, so my fucking She's God. like... You know the the protagonist bird is like I have I have his I have your husband's camera and she's like get the fuck his. out. Or she's like yeah. no, and then she says her daughter's name, and then the next scene I think is them coming into the house. Or airtight. Being house. This movie is airtight. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> um, so what's their oh. final plan to to fuck this ghost up and save their friends and save themselves? God. It's all a blur, isn't it? <laughs> no, it's not a blur. Apparently, they need to take a picture. They need to go. No, they need to make sure that the ghost is fully developed. And I think they actually use that term. So they actually go to the school's dark room, lure him in there. He ends Bert, up, he's take, like the canker man. Yeah, he's, he's a lot like he's the He's the most man. unconvincing CGI stock yeah. ghoul that you've I ever thought seen. the canker man was actually a guy in a suit. This might be an actual guy in a suit at some points because he's actually credited. There's one shot where I could tell it was actually a suit, but for the most part, it's like really like it looks like it's like a photograph coming out of like a chemical bath. Yeah. There's like, yeah. like waves around. So him. I appreciate the effort in trying to <laughs> design. Him. It looks like shit. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I'm just saying what I think they were going yeah. for. <laughs> the fact but, that they actually well, cared to put some deliberate design into what he looks like is interesting. And I don't know if you guys noticed that that wheezing that he does. Yeah. It's okay. So I'm like, I kind of like that wheezing, even though it sounds really cheesy. And then I'm like, I think the wheezing is supposed to sound like the Polaroid camera. Oh. Winding up to take the picture. Did any of you notice that? No, but that makes perfect sense. But maybe yeah, I'm just I like, like grasping for straws, like yeah. Chris is. <laughs> like I want it to be, yeah. you know, the Polaroid. Yeah. Well, it will be that way forever in my memory. <laughs> I like that. I like that. That's clever. Yeah, um, I like that. And, and and so Bird basically is in the dark room by herself with this guy. And there were some cool things, like, again, using... The, I like the part where uh, the ghost is chasing and about to kill Bird's friend. So Bird takes oh, a yeah. picture of herself. Yeah. She takes a the selfie. She takes a selfie to save her friend. Again, missed opportunities to build some sort of the- thematic connection between how we use photos and what it says about us and what it says about our society. Anyway, and so then the thing has to start chasing her, which is you know kind of weird. And yeah. again, you, none of this tracks with the motivations of this ghost, who is presumably the ghost of this actual serial killer man. Right, and like, why is the oh, why is he God? <laughs> why is he, why is he interested kids? in these kids? Why does he want to yeah. kill these kids? Because he's attached to the camera. I don't know. He's, ha- I don't know. he's yeah, attached to no the camera. Yeah, there's no reasoning to that. Uh, well, the camera is his master. So here's how they finally get him. Bird takes a picture of him. She, they're, they're grappling. Ooh. She takes a picture of him. Yeah. And, and I was hoping that she was going to hold up the camera and say, because he's like choking her and she's got the camera. And I wanted her to say, say cheese, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> oh. But instead she just takes a picture, instead the she's... thing screams, she gets the Polaroid in her hand, and then she says a much worse one liner, fuck you. Yeah, that's it. That's all she can muster. They're like they get to the end of the script, they're like, hey, we're this is PG thirteen, right? We haven't said fuck you. <laughs> So you know, she crumples it up, yeah. and he kind of crumples um, up, and then she sets it on fire. But, she sets but, it on but, fire. But yeah. so this was actually one of my favorite parts was that the picture got a picture of her fingers. Yeah. So I when like she's crumpling him up, which but, yeah. CGI is it's cheesy, but I liked him crumpling. Yeah. Like I liked it. Kind of reminded me in a weird way of um, the Silent Hill movie where I didn't see there's it. what I didn't see. I haven't it. seen it either. Ooh. Okay, I haven't even so, played the games. <gasps> uh oh! Oh my gosh! The Silent Hill Virgin, right here. Uh oh! There's a there's a guy in the bathroom, like a like a monster in the bathroom who's like like 
scorpioned over the toilet and like kind of crumpled and weird looking and it reminded me of that and I was like yeah I like that I like that but it was interesting too because that picture I liked how when she took that picture it had some of her fingers in the picture so when she was crumpling it her fingers were getting all fucked up and yep. crumpled and I was like yeah. that's kind of a nice touch yeah. I kind of like that yeah, yeah, I wasn't cool. just like a clean picture of him and she's like crumpling him in and then she's lighting him on fire and she's like no her fucking fingers are getting all broken and lit on fire so this is this is some of the reason I really enjoy that too and this is some of the reason why I gave it a cue it versus a screw it because there's moments like that and there's there's fun things happening there's just a lot of boring shit in this movie and yeah. a lot of ideas that don't pay off but i mean fundamentally i think this is a good first draft for a better movie yeah <laughs> so then the things vanquish she actually burns it and has to set her fingers on fire too a little bit um to vanquish she's got to do one last thing she's got to throw the fucking camera in the river it yeah. looks like did anybody else I mean I had a lot of difficulties with like the way this movie looked like there was some weird cinematography like color correction going on but it looked like there was some blood in the water when she threw the camera and did oh, anybody else I see missed that? that I didn't see that I, th- I think the camera bled a little bit <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking <laughs> so like the diary and chamber of secrets when they anybody the basilisk it's been a while. Thing it's been a where he very takes long it and time. he stabs it in the journal, Marvel Tom Marvello, oh, yeah. his journal, and then it like spews out all this ink. Hmm. I don't know. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking speaking of cinematography, though, I, I would I have to mention that the streaming on Netflix just butchers a lot of these dark scenes that we're talking about. Uh, very yeah. dark movie. I, thank you for saying that. I was going to bring that up. It was a very dark movie, and I couldn't tell if it was like my TV or oh, I had some sun coming in the window, and maybe it was just the sun. Like, yeah, it just seemed really dark, and so some things were really hard to make out. Yeah, it I was, watched part of it on my TV, and then the rest of it on my laptop, and I had the same problem both times. It was like, deliberately dark, but again, as I say, so that every other episode, it needed to be dark so that creature could develop right yeah okay, but yeah. it needed to be as dark as possible <laughs> like <laughs> i say you just barely tell what's going on <laughs> like i say every other episode netflix just has this problem where uh, except for their original content dark scenes just get blotched out uh they're, they're blotchy as hell when you're when you're watching these movies and so it's like you have dark scenes but you can't appreciate really the detail and the shadows it's all pixelated and, and blotchy and gross and kind of detracts from your experience when so much of the kind of pivotal scenes in this movie are take place in the fucking dark so yeah. i had that problem with the hill house series actually oh really like, that's what i'm that i liked enough that i think i might buy the blu-ray huh. just to see it huh. like the way it it's meant to be seen but yeah, she throws the camera in the river. I thought it was interesting that there's no stinger, like like wish upon. She gets rid of the music box, and then I think the last scene is someone else digging up the music box or something, right? Like this is kind of the, a movie that would lend itself to yeah. that. Do you expect a stinger? You expect a little sequel tease? Maybe oh. they were like, "This is not going to be a sequel." <laughs> we're not even putting this on theaters. We're definitely not going to make a sequel. We didn't even write a second draft to this, guys. We're we're not making a sequel. Um, but like, again, we got we got a call halfway through that they want the director for Child's Play. So just, but again, it. what does it mean? Because it's like, really, Bird has no connection to this camera. So of course like why shouldn't she throw in the river earlier like like i don't know again just me wanting more me wanting a theme me wanting some of this shit to be developed more to where her throwing her being the photography nerd that she is and who actually was really excited and loved this camera has to get rid of this camera I want it to mean something a little more than it did, where it was just like, here's a scene to show you what happens to the camera, and that's the that's end of the all movie. it is. Yeah, it has nothing to do with the character. It's just, yeah. Let's right, wish the that like a good twist that. would be her like keeping the camera or like yes, you know, because she is into photography. Yes! She's that weird scarf girl. Yeah, yes. where she should like maybe you know, her. Doing, I mean, she gets on just, e- she gets on eBay and she finds a non cursed cartridge of film. And she's like, I'm going to keep this. I'm going to start a little photo project. I mean, yeah, that's hard because it so clearly kills people that you would need her. But to... it kills people but with she's the film girl. that came with the camera. Yeah. But it's not, it's not. A, I, she also, what a stroke of luck that that was found at a yard sale with film 
along with it. A yard sale in Nova Scotia when it's really cold out. Or you know what? Maybe do it the, <laughs> do it the other way, where she's obsessed with taking photos. She's obsessed with taking selfies. She's sending raunchy pics to all the boys that she's interested <laughs> in. Um, and then at the end of the movie, she's like, "I never want to take another photo again." Yeah. I'm going to actually, you know, uh, I'm going off the grid. Next time I go to a party, <laughs> I'm actually going to take it in with my five senses and not through a viewfinder. That's right. And that's the, that's the whole arc, that's maybe. True. I don't know. You know, another missed opportunity. I was just looking back at my notes, tr- like grasping at straws for, for something to talk about. The movie begins uh, with what I, what I wrote is, is peak high school horror <laughs> photo day. Oh, we didn't yeah. talk about photo day. Yeah. yeah. Picture day. Yeah. That was like, I fucking... Hated picture day, and that's where I like really got hope. Like, oh, this movie's gonna say something about the way that we capture memories and who we were at a certain age. Yep. Um, oh, if only. I actually really love that. Can scene. you imagine how good this movie would be? And it wouldn't take much. They could even keep the shitty stuff. They could keep them pawing through the dark, all that stuff. But if they had just made a theme out of all this stuff <laughs> that was right in front of them, I know. Ah, so disappointing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, picture day was always very traumatic for me. Um, they did that weird the visual effect too. Oh my god, I forgot about the remember combs. Remember the combs? It was like yeah. black combs that you could get because your hair was all fucked up uh, as a kid. Uh. And yeah. I will say, combs. whoever took pictures at my high school, it was probably different every year, they did a number. Uh, you know, they did. <laughs> They did number. It makes it sound like it made me look bad. They did great at covering up my acne, and I didn't even have to ask. Huh. Best airbrush people in the business. Thanks, <laughs> Life Touch. Probably have a lot of experience. <laughs> that. Well, um, Patrick's not here. Must be present to win. So, Stephen, you get to pick the next movie. Do you know what you're picking? Yeah. I thought long and hard about it without consulting the list. Uh, But I just noticed a few days ago that a movie called The Girl on the Third Floor was released on Netflix. And Mm -hmm. this is uh, something that was on the cover of Fangoria, the new Fangoria, Mm -hmm. a couple of months ago. I don't know if it's any good. I don't know a whole lot about it. It sounds like there's some pretty fucked up practical effects in it, though. And and, I don't know. It could be fun. Something, Something new. Something contemporary. All right. The girl on the third and floor. keeping in the theme of <laughs> movies that have just unceremoniously dropped on Netflix without a theatrical release, <laughs> yeah. I think it's it's perfect. Cool. All right. Well, uh, looking forward to it. Well, I guess that's it. I guess that's Polaroid. I guess that's our day. Uh, great, great talking about that. Great taking that little uh, snapshot of the film. <laughs> <laughs> that's more than a snapshot. I think we talked for longer than the duration of the movie. <laughs> Basically. Again, yeah. <laughs> two weeks in a row. <laughs> All right, listeners. Well, you can catch us in two weeks. We'll be talking about the girl on the third floor. Mm-hmm. Um, until then, you know what to do. Find us online, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Leave us great reviews on all your podcast services. Buy our t-shirts if you want. Come um, see us at Motor City Nightmares. Did come see us at no, Motor City Nightmares. Have we even talked about that on the show yet? Yeah, we've all right, a little bit. It. Yeah, yeah. We'll be in Novi, uh, Michigan, and and uh, sunny Novi, Michigan. Sunny <laughs> Novi, not to be confused with Detroit. We'll be there in April. Doing what? God only knows. We, don't come, know. we have we have no plan. Come touch us. We register <laughs> us. Yeah, consensually. We're, we're making this up. As I'm we go. giving consent <laughs> right now. A blanket consent. Someone quick touch him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But until then, uh, for every horror movie on Netflix, I'm Chris. I'm Stephen. And I'm Christine. Thanks so much. See you next time. Mm-hmm.